Hello and welcome to the Damn Fine Life podcast with Rinku Madan. I'm Gaurav Kapoor and I am here to introduce this show which is a unique and exclusive take on luxury hospitality from across the globe. Now I am fascinated by luxury hospitality just as much as you are, which is why I'm super excited about this show because it's not just about the business of hospitality, but it's also about stories, journeys, histories, insights, a peek behind the curtain, if you may. from the world of luxury hospitality so let's dive straight in in partnership with the leela hotels and resorts and soneva resorts and residences brought to you by the house of marquesi di barolo wines dan hotels israel shale hotels limited hotel kempinski indonesia and fratelli wine powered by our seasoned partners jet hq the world's most trusted global aircraft sales with deep industry knowledge real time data market analysis by dedicated professionals Jet HQ's experience and international expertise allow them to serve you 24/7 across the globe in almost every time zone. The Postcard Hotels, a collection of intimate luxury hotels hidden in holiday destinations across India and the world. The Postcard Hotels combine luxury with simplicity, helping you retreat to a life that is luxurious, simple, unhurried and filled with rich little discoveries. And Easy Diner the one stop platform for the most enjoyable authentic and friction free table booking experience instant confirmations and amazing deals on food and beverage in over 150 cities in india and now in dubai too My guest today is someone I've known for a while now, someone who is eternally young, very handsome and full of great ideas always. This gentleman is also a wonderful orator. He has a great sense of humor. He's based out of Mumbai, India and heads the Chalet Hotels. The Chalet Hotels Limited are a conglomerate that are owners, developers and asset managers of high-end hotels in the key metro cities of India. They are one of the largest owners of luxury and upper upscale hotels in India branded with globally recognized brands. Chalet Hotels are owned by the real estate biggies the K Raheja Corporation and with such a large portfolio that ranges from handling hotels to residential buildings, malls etc and he has so much more coming up. Please welcome Sanjay Sethi, managing director and CEO Chalet Hotels. Thank you so much Rinku and thank you for your kind words. I wish I can live up to half of what he said. Yes, I know you well enough, so I know you will. Okay, so starting, Sanjay, tell us what is Chalet's differentiation? Rico, as you mentioned, Chalet is uh, a company that owns asset, and majority of the assets within the Chalet portfolio are actually hospitality assets. We do have some non-hospitality assets. We've got a couple of uh, office buildings. We've got a mall in Bangalore, and most of the hotel assets are run by international brands. So we are currently partners with Marriott and Accor. We got the Nautel in Pune, which is run by Accor. Historically, we partnered with Starwood and Marriott, but then Marriott bought out Starwood. 
So we expanded the portfolio with Novotel. And we've had a great run. It's been 20 years now, more than 21 years, actually. And I think this 20, 21 years has been a fabulous run for the company. We took it public roughly around three years back. So uh, whilst the Raheja Group or the K Raheja Corp uh, continues to be the promoter group, it's now a public company. So how are you competing with your competitors, essentially? Uh, well, Rinko, you know, we've, we've got assets in the key markets and they're typically very large assets. If you really look at the portfolio, whilst there are just seven hotels, each of the hotels is very large. The Hawaii complex, for example, has 773 rooms, which is the largest in the country. The JW Marriott at Sahara, the airport in Mumbai, is a little less than 600 rooms. The Hyderabad one is 427 rooms. The Bangalore one is 391 rooms. So what I'm trying to get at is these are large assets and we like to make sure that we put assets that deliver benefit of scale in key markets at the best locations within the city. And we don't typically stick to only the traditional CBDs. We look at the new CBDs uh, and we, we, along with the group entities or on the office space side, develop those CBDs to create demand for our hotels. Okay. How do you, since you have such a large portfolio, Sanjay, how do you identify a perfect hotel? Well, we built most of our hotels ground up. So I think the first task is to identify the per perfect location. Uh, and once you get the location right uh, and you built an asset on it, which is run by a good professional company, you tend to get it right 99 out of 100 times. But location is the key factor. And I think on that front, we are blessed that we have businesses in other areas within the group. So you own hotels, right? But the brands also call them their own. So what is the true picture, Sanjay? Interesting question indeed. How this works is like this. There are hotel owners who put in all the capital. The profit and loss of the P&L sheet and the balance sheet is of the owning company. The brands are managers. So you could hire a manager to run a hotel or you could hire an operating company to run the hotel. In which case, the operating company gets a management fee for running the hotel. But the P&L and the balance sheet remains of the owning company. So the hotels are owned by us. The brands, whether they are Marriott or Accor in our case, or uh, some of the domestic Indian brands like Taj, et cetera, who would follow the asset light format, they are managers of the hotel. So this is how it works. Clear distinction, ownership, balance sheet, and PL is with the owner, including the employees are on owner roles. The operation, day-to-day -day operation is with the brand. The distribution and sales is with the brand. And HR management is with the brand. So these are the distinctions. And a brand has a finite term to work with the owner. It could be 15 years, 12 years, 20 years. And after that, the term expires, then the owner can choose to go with someone else if they so wish. So Chalet Hotels is the sole owner of its assets. There is uh, no stake of the brands in our hotels. We are 100% owners. The brands are operators. And because uh, we've gone with international brands on all our hotels, because our hotels are large and we need global distribution. Uh, and therefore, uh, they run our hotels. Even in the case of asset light operations of Indian brands, this is how it works. So you have actually, you know, 33 years of experience in the hospitality industry. You also founded the Bergruen Group of Hotels, right? And you were also briefly with the ITC. So you have had such a vast experience through different brands. Tell me something about, tell us some of your stories, you know, while on this, this long journey that you've had of 33 years. 
Sure, Rinko. So I started off, I mean, I had a very patchy beginning. I finished my hotel school from Pusa in New Delhi. Uh, didn't make it through any of the campuses. Worked at a small hotel in Delhi called The Diplomat for a short while. Dabbled in a little bit of a business when I did started a catering business with a couple of my batchmates, but then gave that up to come back to hotels after some point of time. And in that uh, after a couple of years with smaller hotels, I joined the Taj, but I did come down the value chain. So before joining Taj, I had already become the food and beverage manager of a five-star hotel. But to join Taj, I actually came down almost five or six levels to an assistant restaurant manager to start my career literally afresh three, three and a half years after college. I think it worked out very well because um, within four, four and a half years from then, I got my first responsibility as a manager of a hotel, which is the independent responsibility of a hotel. I worked with Taj for two seven-year stints. I call it my seven-year itch with the Taj. So I did uh, seven years first, um, left from Madurai as the manager of the hotel, joined Bugmalu in Goa for a year, came back to Taj as the general manager for JML Palace in Jaipur, moved from there to Goa as the area general manager, uh, moved from there to Calcutta as the general manager of Taj Bengal and looking after interests of Taj in East India and then moved to Hyderabad as the area director of Hyderabad. So this was my second seven-year stint. It's uh, after, the, it, it was in 2006 that I quit Taj to give vent to my entrepreneurial needs and uh, partnered with Bergen Holdings from New York to set up Bergen Hotels. And in under Bergen Hotels, we launched a brand called Keys Hotels and Resorts. I ran that for about eight, eight and a half years started missing the luxury hotel space, exited that, exited my shareholding in that a year later, and I joined Chalet Hotels uh, to run it as a managing director and CEO. This was in January of 2015 I, that I came to Chalet. So we took, listed, uh, took the, did an IP of the company, took it public in 2019, uh, a year after I came back to Chalet. And I've been with Chalet since then. It's been a tremendous ride. Excellent. So this is the story of your journey, your career journey. Tell us some incidents. I mean, you know, hoteliers have so many stories to tell. Tell us some interesting things that you've experienced being a hotelier for all these years. So every day in a hotelier's life is full of surprises. I don't think there's a day that goes by in when you're in operations at hotels that you don't have a couple of good stories that you can someone can write about. It's, it's, it's not all fun and laughter. It's very hard work to begin with. Uh, very often people uh, think of hospitality as a very glamorous industry. And to the young ones who want to join the industry, my constant advice is, look, it looks glamorous from the outside. It's a lot of hard work, very long hours, very often on your feet throughout the day. Can be thankless at many times. So only come in well-informed. I've also realized that hospitality can be, is not everyone's cup of tea. So it's been a lot of hard work. I can tell you my average workday when I was in F&B operations or even as a general manager, lasted between 12 to 18 hours and very often seven days a week, especially during my food and beverage days. Uh, I've known months at a stretch, in fact, six months at a stretch when I've worked seven days a week and typically 16 to 18 hours. I'd wake up, get to work, finish at about 1.30 in the night and get back in, into bed and sleep it off. And that's how it used to work. Half an hour in between I would use for maybe doing my laundry or something like that. Fun incidences, well, I wouldn't call them fun, but they were incidences that were material in nature, which had impacts impacted our days very often. We've had something as sad as a death happening in our hotel multiple times. We've had uh, exciting times of people from the entertainment field being caught cheating within the hotels, no names being given out here. Uh, we've had scenes in hotel lobbies and hotel rooms 
I remember a time when uh, we had, uh, th- I think, a 3,000 or 3,500 people dinner going on. We had set up uh, something outdoors with seven temporary tandoors uh, to serve the naan rodis and the kebabs out of. And four out of the seven tandoors collapsed just before the start of the party. But those are fun things, right? You, then you found ways working around it. The guests never came to know what's happened behind the scenes. So what exactly is the main aim for Sanjay Sethi for chalet hotels and why? Our, uh, well, well, we've always had three or four year goals. Um, we don't like to keep very large goals because then you're able to execute them efficiently. So the current goal is to continue to take the company to great heights. We are today the third largest hotel company in the country in the listed space after um, IHCL and EIH. We'd like to catch up with EIH at some point of time. That's the vision that we have. We are on, on the path to getting there sometime in the near future. Uh, very exciting times ahead for us. We want to make sure that we deliver best-in-class returns to our shareholders and we do that responsibility. Over the last two or three years, we've had a very strong focus on ESG. We are now amongst the first hospitality companies in the world that has signed up for all the three climate group initiatives, the EV100, the EP100 and the RE100, which relate to uh, electric vehicles, renewable energy and energy productivity. But we've been building our hotels green for more than 10, 12 years now. So the last two or three hotels that we built, uh, even 10 years back, were all Gold Lead certified. So the ESG part is very close to our heart. But with that in mind, we want to deliver world-class returns to our shareholders. That's the overall vision of the company. And we want to take all the stakeholders along with us. And most importantly, amongst them is the employees of the company. Very nice. So tell me something, Sanjay. One thing about your job or field of expertise that mostly nobody agrees with you about. I don't think we have any secret mantra that only we practice. Uh, Everyone's doing a little bit of everything. We just do it a little more efficiently than others. And I think that's sort of uh, shown results in the last few years. I think I have a very strong belief on people power, a very strong belief on on people power. You know, I, I think one thing that I always had a challenge with was understanding um, some of the people managers, general managers, or even senior people. When they say, listen, I can do this better, but I don't have a great team. I completely disagree with that. I said, you don't have a great team because you haven't made them a great team. And people wanted to, you know, a lot of people want to get, in many cases, people want to create their own teams, you know, get rid of the old ones, get new people. I disagree with that. I think potential of human beings is enormous. You just need to channelize it in the right direction. And that's the theme I've followed, except for Keys, where we had to build a new team. I've always worked with existing teams and we've managed to, as, as, as teams, deliver great results. You run luxury hotels. So most of your brands are luxury hotels. What is your definition of a luxury hotel? Luxury hotels has, yeah, so luxury for me is experiences, right? Uh, It is not about the marble that you put on the floor. It's not about the art that you put on the wall. It's about experiences. Now, when you want world-class, for example, showers, it's not about the brand. It's about the quality of what, you know, shower flow that happens through those world-class showers. Therefore, you go for those brands. And if you can get that through an Indian brand, why not? It has to be world-class in quality. That's what's important. Luxury for me is experiences which make you make our guests feel great, but are not intrusive. Luxury for to the young, younger generation today, the new age travelers today, is being alone in a crowd without overbearing staff presence. So the, the millennials want to be in a crowd, but they want to be alone in a crowd with their own gadgets. And they don't want 
two waiters hanging around them, asking them every 15 minutes, can I get you something else? They want to be left alone. The employees should have guests in line of sight, which is the biggest problem in, in restaurants, actually. Some very often are restaurants are designed wrong, where the stations or the, you know, the service stations that we have, where the, the desks that they work out of, end up in a location where the backs of the employees at that point of time are to the guests. I always prefer the desks facing the, uh, facing the guests so that when the employee stands behind and works on his computer, or computer still has a line of sight to the guests. You know, how, how important is it to have uh, the world's top brand name on the glass, that glassware that you use for your wine? I think it's important to the extent of it ensuring good quality. If it does not give me good quality, then it is meaningless for me. The brand name is meaningless for me. What else are your hobbies? I believe you you are a, an avid music lover. What Tell us something more about the Sanjay, which is non-chalet. Somewhere along the line, I think I just got so involved with work. I just uh, stopped doing most of the uh, so-called hobbies or sports that I used to play earlier. So I played hockey, cricket and football for school and college in the first 11 throughout my uh, schooling and college days. Um, I played tennis. I used to run a lot at, at the younger age. I used to have music on my ears perpetually. In those days, the Walkman was my constant companion. And I used to read extensively, both fiction and nonfiction. But I think somewhere in the tw early 20s or mid-20s, so that sort of went out of my life. And I think it went out of life for a reason. I just started enjoying work so much. So very often people ask me that, listen, but you don't have a hobby. What do you do for fun? I said, I enjoy my work. If I enjoy my work so much, why would I do something which is secondary uh, from an enjoyment perspective? Yeah. So what do you do to unwind? So a small group of friends. I don't have large groups of friends. A uh, very small group of friends. Uh, family. It gives me a lot of joy to spend time uh, with the girls. In the uh, recent pandemic times, we picked up this um, fancy for playing Ludo every evening. A game that was, you know, we used to play 30 years, 40 years back. And we played on the iPad now. And it's great fun. It becomes very competitive with the girls. And every, every evening after dinner, we play Ludo. We end up fighting a little bit, quarreling on why you killed the other. But at the end of the day, when we're done with it, we realize that we had a great fun time. So those are some things that help me enjoy. I like a good glass of wine or whiskey uh, over the weekends. I'm not a I'm not a daily drinker. I'm more of a weekend uh, and social drinker. What else? Um, I enjoy. I've started uh, in the recent uh, couple of years. Started enjoying the OTT platform. So we do watch um, a lot of OTT content late evenings and on weekends. That's about it. I don't like shopping. I like traveling. Unfortunately, not much of that has happened in the recent years. But I'm hoping they'll get better. I, I'm sure it will. It's just a matter of time now. So I'm going to do a quick rapid fire with you where, you know, the answers are going to be short and sweet. Um, so how would Sanjay Sethi describe himself in three words? I think if someone's used uh, a word called grumps for me, <laughs> uh, and I think you are the one who labeled me the grumps, <laughs> right? <laughs> I used to think you never smile. That's that's the reason why. But yeah, I I, I have to say on, on air and, you know, that yes, I was wrong. I'm a very simple guy. I'm a, I'm a regular next door neighbor sort of a person. I'm a boring guy. So next door neighbor, boring. I'm constantly hungry for growth and not growth for personally. I'm talking about growth of in terms of something new all the time. So I think that's something that defines me pretty accurately. And what would the three things on your bucket list be? Oh, you mean um, post-retiring, uh, sipping a martini by the beach for days at the end? Yeah, I think that would be one. Travel clearly. Uh, I do want to travel a lot more than I've been able to do in the past. 
I think that's it. I just want to travel. That's that's clearly something that I want to do. But which is that one place that you really want to travel to? I haven't done uh, interior Africa, uh, so the Maasai and that area. I'd love to travel there, and I certainly want to do a full-fledged Bharat darshan. Uh, it's been years since I've really, really travelled uh, across India beyond maybe the Goas and Jaipur's. So, would you would you ever consider backpacking, or now are you too much of a luxury luxury man? No, no, I enjoy backpacking actually. So, my most fun holiday that I can think of is some seven years back though uh, was. Uh, Seven or eight days, which I went solo to uh, lay in Ladakh, uh, and I did a backtrapping trip, a backpacking trip. I did extensive amount of uh, trekking and hiking, and thoroughly enjoyed that. I think the the best day of travel for me was actually in the Nobra Valley when I left my uh, small lodge that I had checked into uh, at, at around eight thirty in the morning with some sandwiches, water, and a backpack, and I walked for. Eight, eight to eight odd hours from that time, and during the eight hours of walking along a river bed, one both ways, going and coming for hours each, I did not see a single human being, and I was alone. And I think the level of solitude that I faced and the peace that I got from that was tremendous. I still remember that one whole day tremendously. And a couple of days later in Pangong, it was freezing cold, minus seventeen degrees in a in a tent with no heating. Uh, so I shivered through the night. It was, you know, howling winds. Uh, so that suffering that I went through the night was all wiped out in the morning when I got out my tent and looked at the view. It was the most amazing view I've had in my life. I haven't been to Leh Ladakh, but now this makes me really want to experience that. <laughs> so Sanjay, if you know, if there was a movie to be made on your life, which one would that be? I think I think three three idiots. I, I just love the character of uh, Amir in that. The the whole uh, again you know the the hunger that he had for learning and sharing learning, I think that that very uh, strongly resonated with my beliefs. And and but then who would you pick to play you? Oh, I'm not too old to being. I'm doing it myself. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> so okay, what is that one thing that annoys you the most? Show offs. You know, people who tend to flaunt either their wealth. Or the material things, or what they've achieved. This is something that I just can't handle. So how do you? So 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 you're in a gathering, and there is this person who's showing off. I tend to walk away. <laughs> I tend to walk away. Okay. I'll find my own quite quite corner or meet someone else. That's how it'll happen. Okay. So then that person knows that. Okay. Okay. So when what is the strange? So you you're the you you're an F and B person, and you love your food. So what is the strangest thing that you've ever eaten? It wasn't a pleasant experience. Uh, this was in China, and we ended up. Uh, we were actually uh, invited to a dinner in a restaurant. It was a massive restaurant with lots of uh, live creatures around, and we had no idea what was coming on the plate. Uh, and I know one of them reacted to me with me very, very badly. I don't know what it was. As I said, it was very difficult to find out what I was eating. It was strange to the extent that it didn't taste right. The texture wasn't right, and my body immediately reacted to it. So that's the weirdest thing that happened to me with food. I love food so much, and I do experiment. I'm not, you know, closed about what I'll eat. I, I, I do try out new stuff, but that experience sort of uh, was very weird for me. So see, you're not boring then. You like to experiment in food. Oh, I like to experiment with food a lot. Absolutely. I love food. 
Sanjay, it's always so much fun talking to you. And I can say that, that with your enthusiasm and your eternal youthful passion for this wonderful world of hospitality, I am sure you will go on to many more great hotels for us to enjoy. Thank you for joining me on my show. I had a great time. Thank you, Rinko. It's been fun talking to you as always. Stay well. Bye.